When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And what in the world, Gabe? We have the WNBA playoffs right in front of us, but also the end of season awards. Now, everybody has their own thing. But we're going to break it on down and try to chisel out what we think are the top award getters and Mm -hmm. earners for this season and the WNBA. How are you doing, Mr. Gabe? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Obviously, it was I feel like this year's awards like, well, I don't know. I'm excited to talk to you about it. I'm not going to make any sort of predictions about it. But reading our staff's great work on herhoopstats.substack.com, where Richard Cohen's going to have his awards article tomorrow. And I edited it today. And I got to say, it made me kind of think about changing my mind about a couple things, maybe even change my mind about a couple things. Um, That's coming out tomorrow. Go read that. You go read our staff playoff preview uh, on the site today. Um, where I make some picks and, and didn't go quite into depth about our playoff predictions, which we're going to do um, today. So I'm excited to get into all of that. But make sure you go check out our writing over at HerHoopStats. That's up.com. Follow us at HerHoopStats on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. And from there, you can find my various other social media things. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media or do you want me to tell you? People have, have oh, you can do it. You you okay. do a great job. You got it. Let's do it. At at uh at Christy's look, wait. Christy W Scott 51. Right? Hey, there, there it is. is. 
I was I was concerned because I remember I said Calvin's wrong because I play his full name. But <laughs> you got it right. You got Christy right. W got Scott fifty one on Twitter and Instagram where it's all hoops all the time. Unless she's talking about kids, and even then it's kind of yeah. about hoops because all yeah. the kids are playing hoops. We're yeah. we're I'm excited. We we have not prepared at all for college yet because we still have a month of the WNBA season. But I'm yes. really really excited for the college season, especially uh, one particular Georgetown freshman that we're going to see. Also, if you're in the DC area, um, Bree Scott, Christy's daughter, who is playing at Georgetown has already promised me that Christy's going to get kicked out of a game. Uh, I will never get kicked out. I will be cheering loudly, (laughs) but I will have butts and seats. I will be uh, cheering and I will not be escorted out with my arms behind my back. I will not. If you want to see, if you want to see all of those predictions uh, fail to come true, please come to some Georgetown games with us this year. Um, But awards. All right. So awards this year, as I was trying, as I was saying, like from what I've seen from our staff, like I think we have a pretty good idea of who's actually getting the award. I think there's plenty of arguments for plenty of people, but um, a lot of players have just, you know, stepped up above their competition for a lot of awards. So for me, I, I found the real challenge was in naming the teams and yeah. going kind of down ballot. So I tried to do my top three for each award. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, it was really, it was really difficult. Uh, it was tough to, to pick who was, um, you know, first, second and third. So I don't know if you felt that way too, uh, voting. Uh, yeah. I, I, it was, you know, I'm still recovering and I finished voting a couple of days ago and it's still like yeah. in my head circling, like, well, what about this or what about that? And I just think, you know, I'm an AP voter, Gabe, and also a league voter. So it, it's really like, oh my gosh, very comprehensive and a lot of things mm-hmm. go into it. But at the same time, when you've had your eyes on the game, that kind of, tilts the scales for me um, when it comes down to this player or this player or which one of these three players. And then I think about how they play throughout the season consistently. And I think the word consistently really makes a world of difference when you're talking about end of season awards and efficiency is also up there. Um, You know, if you're a high volume shooter, your numbers look great in terms of points per game, but your shooting, you know, mm-hmm. is not that efficient. So I'm going to go for the the plus minus game. And I know, you know, there's things okay. to be said positively and negatively about the plus minus game, but that's, that's my thing. And, and I know it's all relative to your position, how many times you get the ball. But for me, I'm like, what, what are you doing to impact your team? And how are you doing that? And how are you sustaining that? I think that really came into play and it took a long time. Yeah. to do the voting and I got a headache from that man because I'm like oh and I just feel so badly because not like you know someone's worse than another yeah right it, it like I said it just comes down to who has been the most efficient who has been the most consistent um, throughout the season and a lot of things can change in the postseason as we've seen so sometimes you want to wait wait until the entire playoffs are over you know because the playoffs are where people really mm-hmm. stand in their, in their game and, and make a name for themselves. Um, and that's where they said legends are made, right? Postseason. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to choose prior to the postseason beginning, but we did it. And it was very interesting and intriguing to say the least. 
I found this season um, particularly difficult just because of how uh, separated the two halves of the season were. It's something we talked about re- mm-hmm. like a lot early on. It was like, you know, this first half of the season just feels half. It was like the first really two thirds of the season before the Olympic break just kind of felt weird and disjointed. And then you look at the, right. when you look at the season as a whole, it's like I in evaluating these teams for predictions and awards, it's been hard to kind of figure out what to weigh more like those second half um, performances versus those mm-hmm. first half performances and, and our assumptions coming into the Olympics as opposed to yeah. where they are now. And, and like you said, we'll find out a lot more about whether we're right or wrong on a lot of this in the playoffs. <laughs> unfortunately, this is a regular, these are regular season awards. So like right. we have to do it, we have to do it like this. Um, right. But it, it right. is, it was difficult, I thought, with, with the Olympic break. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, I, I do the same thing as you do. I look at all stats. I have my little numbers. I do the on-off numbers, all that's good stuff. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, I kept, like, I would look at those numbers and maybe those numbers tell me something or, or whatever. I'm just like, I got to go, you know, the gut told me. It was like, I saw the numbers and I just looked at, I looked at the team and for what I saw this year, is it was these players got these awards. So to me, it was like the stats this year just had a little bit less weight, I think, mm. than the last few years, just because okay. of that sort of weird season that we had. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, hey, look, I, I think there's a lot of good arguments for a lot of good players. I'm excited to see who you vote, who you voted for, um, because I'm ex- I want to want to compare. Um, but I think there's a lot of good. Um, arguments for a bunch of players so do you want to get into it you want to get into it with at the top first yeah let's let's just dive right in usually I, i'm a hesitant diver into the pool zip lining but let's just go right into this right well you've already, you've already made the picks so it's you know i know see that's probably why i'm, I'm good we're, we're in it all right so uh mvp of the league um we do have some ap awards that have come out it's not there haven't been all of the ap awards uh, okay. quite yet they're going to be releasing them throughout the playoffs. But for this one, which is the, equi- the equivalent to the MVP, is the AP Player of the Year, uh, right. John Cole Jones won it. So with that knowledge, who was your pick for MVP this season? John Cole Jones. It's, it I was, mean, I just, yeah. you know what I mean? I guess everyone was on the same page. I mean, there are a lot of different uh, votes going on all season long for the uh, power mm-hmm. rankings within the league. but. I think when you're looking at what number one Connecticut has done and their stretch of wins, they haven't lost the game in, in over a month. I, I just mm-hmm. think even with the gap in play and all or whatever, but they have just been terrific. And she has just been phenomenal when it comes to averaging a double, double. She and Sylvia Fowles are the only two players in the league to average a double, double this season and, and no slight to Fowles, but, then you're oh. also looking at, okay, which team is better? And then there you go. And there's your answer. I mean, John Claude Jones has just been unstoppable, um, a 6-6 nightmare, mismatch, step back, leg in the air, jumper mm-hmm. making, three-point shooter, shot blocker, rebounder. I mean, she's a three-level scorer at 6-6. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about that enough? Like. She has just been like she took her game to another level this year. I mean, she goes from most improved six player to now MVP um, in my mind, and apparently the AP voters to agree. 
Um, there's just not um, enough superlatives and adjectives <laughs> for John Quill Jones and, and what she's been able to accomplish this year. And in turn, her team has been incredibly successful yeah. and they're sitting in the number one seed going into the playoffs. So that to me holds weight. Like you can be on the second or third best team or the 12th best team and have better numbers maybe or comparable numbers, but your team has to also be successful mm -hmm. um, when it comes down to it. And for Connecticut and John Quill Jones, I mean, that it, it just fits, you know, she fits the bill. It's yeah, I, I agree. By the way, I'm voting John Quill. Well, I don't have a vote. If anybody from the WNBA <laughs> is listening, I don't have a vote and I'd like one. So someone give me a yes. vote. But I'm going with John Quill Jones as well. Uh, a lot of the same reasons you mentioned. I mean, just think offensively and defensively, she brought so much value to this team. Um, and we'll talk a lot. I, I want to talk a little bit more about her defense when we talk about defensive player of the year, but just what she was able to do offensively, uh, that, that three level scoring, how, how much she changed the team and put her teammates in a position to win as well. Cause we, we've seen players play great uh, and, and not sort of impact the rest of the people around them and make them better on both sides of the ball. John Quell definitely does that. And yes. I know, I know this award for a long time, for, for at least the last few years, certainly has been the best player on the best team. Um, I just, you know, it, it's hard to argue though, that the person who brought the most value to the league was just, or to the, her team this year was John Paul Jones. Cause you know, they, they're topping the, the best team in the league and she is clearly the, the engine behind all of their yes. success. Um, yes. So, you know, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy choice. Um, she separated herself early on and held on to that lead for most of the year. Um, now, I am interested who else was on your ballot. Uh, I only picked two other people, so I don't know how many people you have on there. But I only picked my top three. And so my second vote goes to Brittany Griner. And my third vote goes to Sylvia Fowles. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. But I also had Tina Charles in, in my mix. I mean, okay. but... <laughs> And it's unfortunate that Washington didn't make the playoffs, Gabe, you know, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I saw you, we saw each other after that game. And when we were signing off, Megan McPeak and I, and she was doing the thanks to the fans, thanks to production and everything for a great season. I started welling up, you know, yeah. and, and people who know me know that that sometimes happens to me, but <laughs> I've never done that like right after a broadcast. And I think it was the fact that Mike Tebow wasn't there the last two games, the fact that Ariel Atkins lost her grandma, missed the mm -hmm. two games prior to that. I mean, there's just so much rigmarole and off again, on again, push pull. Um, you know, I think we said there are 18 different starting lineups for the Mystics, but nevertheless, Tina Charles came to play. No, yeah. nevertheless, Tina Charles was the scoring champion in the league, but it's just unfortunate that the team didn't, materialize as we thought they would because of all those injuries and, and all the push pull stuff. So I, I just, I just knew that, that the mystics gave everything that they could have. Um, but it was just such a, a heartbreaking moment to know that, no. you know, for the first time in, in 10, no second time in 10 tries that, um, that the mystics didn't make the playoffs. So under Mike Tebow. So I just think that, 
you know, Tina Charles, but what she was able to do, regardless of how the team finished, I just thought that her performance this season was phenomenal. I mean, it was like career best and she's been in the league 11, 12 years. So it's like already a legend. She's already a legend. Three time gold medalist. Yes. She's looking for the WNBA title. Everybody is looking for the WNBA title, but she was really purposeful and impactful for the Mystics as they try to get into the playoffs to give themselves a chance to have uh, Tina Charles run for it. But I think with Elena Deladon only playing two and a half games, that kind of took that away from her with Emma Miesemann, um not decided, I mean, deciding not to return to the Mystics this season. Um, I think that was also impactful. And then the bevy of injuries. I mean, I can't even talk about, I mean, I, I think every player was hurt at some point or another. Oh yeah. Um, well, the thing is though, player, like so. to me, I, I think Tina coming into that final weekend of the year, I was talking to someone, I was like, she was third on my MVP battling and she was there for a really long time. But and to me, you got to make the playoffs to be an yeah. MVP consideration. You know, the, in a true. league where two thirds of the teams make the playoffs, you got to be in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that those last couple games for her, just, just, it, it didn't, it, it didn't, if that's when I need the MVP to come through and it's not her fault like she did a lot especially in the new york game like she was receiving so much attention in both those last two games and and, you know she she needed some help from people around her and we're not we want to get all into the mystics right now but it's just like that you needed to make the playoffs and you needed to perform really big in those games and it didn't happen so um you know i think that that's why i took her off the ballot in favor of fouls um because i just think so it's been I love Sylvia Fowles, first off. Um, And she, at 35, also having a sort of year, the same as Tina, right? Like, year to say, hey, I'm still here and I'm still me. Like, don't forget who I am. Um, They both had that same sort of year. So I I replaced her there. But it's just, you got to make the playoffs. You got to make the playoffs. And I do do really feel for Tina because of her effort this year and what she did this year and how she changed her game this year was all unbelievable. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it on my ballot. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think it's 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 a tough break for them because they were they were tied for eighth, right? Like they weren't it's yes. not like they really missed the playoffs um that by that much. Um yeah. However, that was tough. And Griner uh, was my other one. Griner was my other one. Griner, like in the same points that you said. Um, you know, I, I think that she was consistent for Phoenix. I thought, you know, her leaving the bubble last year. Um, was good for her mm-hmm. in terms of getting rested and recovered and, and ready to to come in this season and do damage. And that's what she's done. I mean, how many dunks has she had this season? Like she's mm-hmm. gone off, but I just think that she's been so steady for the Mercury that, you know, she was definitely up there as well for, for my consideration for MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Griner, I mean, she was, it, it's what you're saying though, is every night in, night out, every, night in, night out, night in, night out. For Griner right. and um, both ends, same, same, just almost the same things we're talking about. John Quill, I think Brittany had um, a different set of circumstances than John Quill yeah. Jones has, but certainly an MVP worthy year. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's a few other people to mention here. Obviously, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, both players who had phenomenal years. I would say both of them mm-hmm. are a little bit behind that pack. Um, in general, there, there's a bunch of players you can mention. Actually, I want to let's do that. Let's do. Do you want to do all WNBA? Let's do all WNBA. Yeah. Um, let's do it. So 
Uh, we are going to stick by the position okay. uh, conventions because that's what the WNBA makes us do. I see that a- the AP does not make you do that because their first team all league includes John Cole Jones, Brittany Griner, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Brianna Stewart, Tina Charles. Um, that would be four forwards, well, three forwards, a guard and a center. Um, and then the second team for them is Asia Wilson, Jewel Lloyd, Sylvia Fowles, Candace Parker, and Courtney mm-hmm. Vandersloot. Um, okay. That's pretty similar to the teams I have. But let's do first team. So I'll give you my first team, then you give me yours. So I got okay. Skylar Diggins-Smith, John Cole Jones, Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner. So those are that would be my two forwards, my uh, my guard and my center, and then um, my other guard is Jewel Lloyd. So okay. I got Lloyd, Diggins, Smith, Jones, Stewart, Griner. That's my first team all WNBA. Huh. You know, for me, this was super hard for me it was. because I felt like my first team was all hybrids and post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that kind, of, it was that kind of year. It really was. But I don't know if that was because, you know, that was my kind of position mm-hmm. um, before it was named hybrid because I, I wasn't like a, a power player down there. So I kind of and did you, the best did you stick to the bit. positions or I, I, I tried to, or did you um, fudge it? You can fudge it. That's fine. I didn't do well with doing it that way. Um, however, I will, I do have my, my list um, in front of me and it was really hard. And okay. I'll, try, I'll go position-wise. Should I go position-wise or just give you my post-heavy list? Christy, this is courtside <laughs> with Christy and Gabe. We can, do whatever we, okay. we can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And it's still r- probably wrong in other people's eyes. But this is what I had. Um, when I This is like a, from my scratch sheet. I have it right in front mm-hmm. of me um, where I was going through everything. So my first team was John Cole Jones, <laughs> Tina Charles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Brittany Kreiner, my three MVP picks. So, I mean, those are my, my top players. So okay. it just makes sense okay. that they would be on the first team. So we got stay two with spots. Okay. Stay with me with my formula. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I had uh, Brianna Stewart and then I had um, Asia Wilson. <laughs> so Brianna so, Stewart is your point guard. Yeah. Asia's at the two. <laughs> there you go. And then everybody else just, just play the game. Um, you know, John Clark would be the three and Tina and Brittany inside anyway. Um, but for me, those are the players that stood out to me as being, you know, first team, but, um, my second team. Hold on. Okay. We're staying with, okay. Stay with first team. All right. Try to, okay. Marinate. One stop. One stop. One moment. (laughs) One stop. One moment to talk about Tina Charles first team. Um, okay. because I, I, so i mentioned all the great things that Tina did. And when we get to second team, well, I, I have her on my second team. So don't worry. However, I could not put her on my first team because someone challenged me to, to do the historical research and find out how many, how many players in her situation have been on first team. And here's what I figured out. Okay. So here's the, all right. Um, only three times in WNBA history has the season leader in points, which Tina is this year did not okay. make the first team. So three times. Uh, Jamie Coltsclaw in 2002. She made second team though. Okay. Okay. Brittany Griner okay. in 2017 did not make first team. She made second team as a league leader in points. Mm-hmm. And then it happened twice to Angel McCautry, which 
honestly is the most Angel McCautry thing to happen, I think, in the WNBA. Yeah, um, I agree. So 2012, 2013. In 2013, she made second team. And she okay. missed it in two, she missed both teams in 2012. That's because she missed like 10 games uh, in the middle of the season. So she ended up with, she ended up qualifying for the points per game lead, but did not um, make all WNBA mainly because it was missed games. So the point season leader usually makes first team. Okay. Right. All right. Right. Well, let's, let's keep going with that. All right. So okay. now here's the, here's the list of players who have ever made all league first or second team without making the playoffs in the current playoff format. So since 2016, players who okay. missed the playoffs and made either of these teams. There is one, Arike Agumbawale, last year. She was the only player to not make the playoffs in the current format and be on an all-league team. Oh, wow. However, Arike did lead the league in scoring, much like she Tina did. did right? So, and she made first team. So, you know, it, it's kind of a mixed bag, but to me... Now, I was like, okay, if this is all true, like the way we've done this in the past, I don't think Tina should be on first team because she didn't make the playoffs. However, I think it'd be crazy to keep her off her second team because she led the league in scoring and had a great year on both ends of the court, by the way. I don't think we talked enough about our defense this year, but okay, I think she deserved second team. So that's why Tina is not on my first team. Is that like compelling? Is that a compelling argument to you, Christy, when you stop? <laughs> That, that is compelling to me, but I don't know. I'm just going for her full body of work. And I know the okay. playoffs were missed by the Mystics, but I just don't think that that's enough. Be and you know what? And it's not, I think for me, and I know it's supposed to be just for this year. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be just for this year, but she could have also been up for most improved too. I mean, it's like, I was going to talk about this. Oh, I mean, for me. So it's like, I, she, she just, she crushed it this year. So I was kind of giving her credit for the way that she crushed it mm -hmm. rather than, um, I don't know, rather than her team not making the playoffs and the fact that she led the league. I don't know. I, I think that just gave, that just gave her the bump to the first yeah. team for me. I don't know. I just didn't feel right putting her on the second team. I was like, ah, oh, she did more than other players that are in the mix on the second team. I just Fair felt enough. like she was in that mix and chatter for the players that were named on, on the first team. So that's, that's my, and I understand. And I agree with what you're saying. I agree with yeah. what you're saying. Um, I'm not trying to discount that. And I hear you. However, how My I, personal opinion <laughs> is that she she did enough to be on the first team, man. If I didn't did have enough. position, if I didn't have positions, this would have been a much more difficult. Well, if I didn't have positions, it's it's between her and Sylvia Fowles, really, for yeah. my, my other first team spot. Uh, I would have taken yeah. off. I mean, Jewel was amazing this year, but um, yeah, I just think if, if I was not doing positions, then yeah, I think Tina probably probably gets into that first team. But mm -hmm. with the position, um, so I was doing the WNBA voting rather than AP voting. Um, I just think, you know, she just didn't quite edge out uh, Brianna Stewart. It was close, though. It was real close. And, and like, we're obviously we're splitting hairs here because we have to, you know, we know, have to. It's so we hard. Have to this is why it's so difficult. It was, it was really yeah. hard on the forwards. Uh, the guards were a little easier, um, you know, once... Mm -hmm. 
once I started looking at it, it just became very clear that Skylar Diggins Smith is, you know, deserves MVP consideration, uh, first off. And secondly, uh, you know, had one of the best seasons of your career. You want to talk, we had a bunch of later career renaissance. That's another one that Skylar's just been able to come back and from pregnancy two, three years ago. And now had a great year yeah. last year, had an MVP style year this year. First team, all yeah. WNBA for me, no doubt. Jewel, unbelievable season um, mm-hmm. this year, especially when Brianna Stewart went down. She was able to kind of stabilize that team and get enough wins to mm-hmm. have that buy. Uh, I think she deserves a lot of credit, especially what she did defensively. So that's mm-hmm. my first team. I'll, I'll, I'll say my second team, and then you could say yours, and then we can talk about it because I think we're going to have a little bit more disagreements <laughs> here. Um, okay, so my, my first team, again, two guards, two forwards, one center. Um, I'm going with Courtney Vandersloot. And I, okay, I do not want to be beholden to this decision. I might change my mind at several points okay. before tomorrow because I'll be done by tomorrow. But uh, I'm going with Benajelani as my second guard on uh, second team on WNBA. Uh, Asia Wilson and Tina Charles are my forwards. And then Sylvia Fowles is my center. Um, obviously, you talked about Tina. Asia, great season on a great team. Syl was the defensive engine and offensive engine for one of the best teams in the league. Vandersloot did what she does every year. She's going to be on this list, I think, until she retires. And then Benajelani was just like, I love the versatility. Like, if I had to build yeah. a two-guard, I don't even actually know if she qualifies technically as a two-guard. Um, but I'm putting her on there because no one's going to tell me not to. So, um, <laughs> Lane, but Laney, I think like she, she guarded the other team's best player, whoever that player was like that player was Tina Charles at times. Um, mm-hmm. that player was a guard at times. That player was a wing at times. And she really carried the scoring load for a long time, uh, for New York and, and was the, in my opinion, biggest reason they are in the playoffs right now. Right. So, uh, Benaja makes it in for me and I have Tina on this list as well. So who's your second team? Oh, man. Okay. So I told you I have my scratch list in front of me. So I have like, I'll give you the five that I have on here, but I'll also give you my nominees for a second team. Okay. Okay. So my second team, Sylvia Fowles, Mm -hmm. Chelsea Gray. Okay. Candace Parker. Okay. Sue Bird. All right. Dewan of Honor. Okay. Put all we, those on all, the floor. a lot of disagreement. I know, but I mean, how do you not have those guys? Okay, and then listen. Here, here's what I had on on my my list before breaking it all down. Okay, Chelsea Gray, uh, Diana Taurasi, Vandersloot, Brianna Jones. What she oh, needs yeah. to be mentioned, right? For I mean, sure. okay, Neka Gumake, Jewel Lloyd, like you said. Um, Ariel All right, Atkins, hold on. We got to stop in there. We have to stop in there. No, I have right. three more. And the Feast of Collier, Plum, and Bird. <laughs> okay. I mean, so, and those, I had to break, I had to crunch those down and down and down. And then I, I gave you those, the five that I had. This, and it's hard because, I mean, all of them are worthy. All the ones I just named, that big long list I had, all those players are worthy to be all league. Well, you year. know, it's funny is like, I, I named the third team because we need a third team. <laughs> The men do need a third team. The the men get an all NBA third team. I don't know why we, the WNBA does not get all WNBA third team. I think that's absolutely ridiculous and wrong. Yeah. I named one anyways. However, I didn't have like any of those players that you mentioned. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, but aren't they are they not worthy yes. those so players she, i mentioned are they not worthy game great so chelsea gray uh that was like one of the ones that i had a really tough time with the the guard spots on the second team because of her um you know i, I think i gave some uh some credence to ariel atkins uh rika yeah. Gumbuale, I, I what she did in the yeah. second half of the year was like that's like a rika yeah. that we need to see more um, so I was really excited about her. Actually, and Brianna Jones, Jackie Young, a lot of players on my list. Okay. I do want to go back to NECA, though. NECA played 18 games this year. How are we putting her on this list? Come on. She played. Uh, she didn't play enough. Listen, NECA played in those 18 games and got her head cracked and get, didn't get to the free throw line ever. So okay. NECA, for the for going through the mud with no reward, Mecca is on that list. Period. <laughs> but she wasn't. I mean, the, she, she was one of the best players in the league this year. She was. She simply getting, couldn't have been. She didn't have like, enough time. She was getting clubbed every time. I, she I went understand. through the lane. But every no team, every team says her. that. Every team says that. No, the, the Mystics no. were saying. It, the Mystics were saying that after the game against the the, the Lynx. Like, yeah, they got their heads no. bashed in doesn't make them better you know i just no. think i just think you know i love i look neck is great she's she's amazing she definitely should have been on the olympic team as we've talked about yeah which is but, another reason why she's on my list she got <laughs> snubbed everywhere else so you're getting on this one NECA. darn it it's just it's tired like, of this season this season like she only played she played 18 games she played 570 minutes like I don't know. That's just not enough, especially on the team. Like if it was like 18 games and the Sparks won all those games and they made the playoffs because she was on the court, but they were like, they weren't good. They weren't good at any stage this year. They, they were good defensively. They just struggled offensively. Mightily. Well, I struggled offensively is putting it in the absolute nicest possible terms. I mean, they, they, <laughs> all, they almost they opted out of offense, like altogether. Like they could have just played defense the entire season. And honestly, that was almost their goal at times. And well, they did it well. I'm not saying they didn't do it well, but I think to me to, to, to have NECA here is, is a little, um, that, that to me, uh, is, is not, a is not correct, but I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Who, who's on your second team though? Um, I feel you. I no, I I'm putting who, who's the second I'm putting who's the oh, second who, team who, you had though? Oh my oh my my second team I had Bowles, Chelsea Gray, Candace Parker, Sue Bird, and Duana Bonner. That's okay, what I, I narrowed it down from my big D, old list. Yeah. DB is on my mythical third team here. Um Duana <laughs> Bonner. Okay, and she's also on, we need we need three teams. But uh, three. she's she's on there for me. Chelsea Gray is on there for me. Um I'm interested in Candace Parker. Because uh, that I, I didn't take too hard of a look at her because I put a I put a limit of twenty games like you needed to play twenty games for me to be to be okay. considered. She played twenty three, so she she met it. But to me, it, you know, it wasn't her. Like and same thing with Neca. You know, I'm not saying this is their fault necessarily. It's just dealing with injury and a couple right. of these games are like trying to get back to it and, and trying to get into the rhythm and it just kind of felt like they never yeah. had the 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 um, I don't know what it was like just the cohesion of a, of a normal season. Um, right. so that's why I didn't have Candace on there. I'm just wondering wh why you, uh, why you put her on there. I mean, I put her on there because, and, and you know, and I know where her hoop stats and everything, but I put Candace Parker on there because of her leadership. Sure. I just think, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not one of those, everybody gets a, a trophy people. So don't yeah. put me in that category when I'm talking like this about Candace Parker, but Every time I looked, 
whether it be on the sideline, in a timeout, before a free throw, on the free throw line, she was always communicating with her teammates and leading and pointing and being directive. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that example. And yes, 23 games, I get it. Yes, she had that terrible ankle injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, the picture of that, I can't get that out of my head, how bad it looked early in the season before the Olympic break. However, I Mm -hmm. think that statistically speaking, uh, you know, you can say what you want, but I look at the big picture of the game most times than I don't. And I I think that Candace Parker's leadership to me was the, um, the X factor that, that got her on the second team for me and, and what she was able to do this year. And I know Chicago, the last couple of games before the regular season concluded, they did not play their best basketball. They did not play their best basketball. Um, I I do know that. But to me, I think her leadership qualities have been invaluable for the sky this season. So that that to me is what stood out for Candace Um, above everything else. Yeah, And they were I mean, they were much, much, much better with Candace Parker playing than I mean, this is a very obvious statement, but they were much better. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, um, some people may be like thinking like, oh, leadership, does, but leadership shows up on the court all the Thank time. You. And you can exactly. also see that um, you can also see that, like I've been watching a lot of Dallas Chicago tape. So you can mm-hmm. see that in the ways that Candace kind of tries to warp the floor, especially on the defensive end, like her yeah. and Courtney Vandersloot do, do this really well. It's like, they will just find a, an angle to come at you where they bait you into the shot. And then they let you take, they let you take a bad shot. Um, right. And just like that knowledge. And I, I would group this into That's the same thing I'm as leadership. About. That's is, what I'm talking about. Is that shows up. So I, I, I think Candace, um, you know, to me, didn't play enough games. Um, so it had, had a slightly less impact than I think some of the other mm-hmm. players on my list, but I think that's totally cool. And obviously yeah. the AP, the, the AP voters agree with you. She's on their second team as well. So oh, see, there you go. Um, yeah, I, the, I think that's it's interesting though to think about um if Candace plays all year without that injury. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like she she may have made first team. You know, she we've every time we watch her play, she yeah. is great and not when she's playing and not injured. So um, yeah. I think it's I think it's cool. I, I think um, you know, other people can I, I think we can all disagree on like what the threshold is for play. Sure. But let's not forget. Um, let's not forget, though, Gabe, that Candace Parker was defensive player of the year last year. And, and it goes to what mm-hmm. you were just saying about, yeah, she's going to bait you into taking bad shots. Yeah. And she's going to be communicating with her teammates to make sure that everybody else is doing the same thing. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, and, yeah, give her credit. I, th- I think so, too. So I think that's cool. Um, let's move on to defensive player of the year because we're, we're we're taking it slow as we do uh, <laughs> when we get into these debates. Um, okay. So, defensive player of the year. I'll let you go first. Who's on your ballot for defensive player of the year? Oh man, so many. This was tough. And this is the toughest award for me. It it was. I was going to say the same deal. It's the toughest because you have your post players who are inside mm-hmm. shoring up and protecting the rim and the paint, but then you have these feisty guards, two steals a game that are all over the place in passing lanes, getting in the gaps, stealing the ball. So they need, they need to have it positionally set. 
like defensive oh. player of the year perimeters, defensive player of the year for the post because it's I, that's it's it's apples and oranges. Yeah. It's apples and oranges. I mean, both get stops for you, right? Yeah. So now you're saying which is which is a better stop, a block or a steal? And I'm like, man. I don't know. I love a good block though. I mean, but I, <laughs> to be clear, but at the same time, I'm like a stop is a stop for me. If you're going to get a steal that helps the team. And if that's live ball, we're, we're out of there, but also a block. If that stays in possession mm-hmm. of the defensive team and you get a run out because of a great block. All right. But you can, I mean, I don't know. And you rebounds. can argue it. You can't discount a rebounds, a defensive play. Absolutely. Think- and that, that's, I don't know, but that's why for me, I think it, it's Brittany Reiner this All year right. Uh, right. with blocks, blocks and boards. Um, I, but Brittany Sykes. Huh. So who's she your was all over who's the place. So BG, Brittany Griner, number one. Yes. Sykes, number two. Sykes. And I mean, can we talk about, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> John Quill Jones, I mean, yeah. she's a nightmare defensively too. Uh, I don't know. It's it's so hard, but I would say those three would be my three. But okay. then, you know, I'm not I mean, uh, Natasha Cloud is all defensive team. Yes. Um, because of how she matches up and squeezes whoever she's playing and make them feel her is what she likes to say. Um, I mean, there's just so many great defensive stalwarts in this league. And, you know, Ariel Atkins, you can put her up there, too, in top five in steals in, in the league. I, but Sykes would definitely be behind yep. Griner. But if you're going to do a perimeter defensive player of the year, I'm going with Sykes. And post, I'm going with Griner. But Fair enough. overall, I'm going with Griner just because of the board work, uh, 10 boards a game um, yep. for her. And then the same can be said for John Cole Jones with 10 boards a game. So I, I'm also going with Brittany Griner. Um, I just think mm-hmm. she's... It, it, it's tough though. Cause like, I also have still, I've been flip-flopping between Sylvia Fowles and Brittany Kreiner for mm. a long time. Honestly, you know what? No, no, I'm going with my gut. My gut's telling me Sylvia Fowles. All right. I'm going with Sylvia okay. Fowles because I think it's easier to scheme around. And this is, they're both very difficult things. I'm not saying this is yeah. easy, but easier to scheme around um, what Brittany Griner brings defensively than what Sylvia Fowles brings defensively still is actually, um, you know, been really good about getting out on guards and staying out in front of them and, and being a little bit more switchy. So you get a little bit more versatility and it's just harder mm-hmm. to kind of take her out of the game because she knows just exactly where to be, especially on post-ups. Like you, if you go back and watch the, the last, their last game against Washington, like she's mm-hmm. hovering around Tina Charles's post-ups every single time while still getting back to her assignment, while still switching out to the guards. So uh, still to me just brought so much. I think Brittany Griner, a lot of the same things could be said. I just think she has just right. a slight, just, just, just a little bit less um, versatility on that. end. I think the impact metrics actually say Brittany Griner is more impactful than Sylvia Fowles, but I'm just doing it a little bit more on the eye test. Um, and to mm-hmm. me, that's why defense is so hard because defense to me, it like is. you can throw any stat you want at me. End of the day, the only way to know defense is to watch it, just a mountain of tape. And, and we watch yes. a lot of tape, like we watch a lot yeah. of game film and yeah. it is not enough for me really to sit here and say like, oh, you know, this person's that much better. When we're, when we're at this level of elite defenders, it's hard for me to pick out who's really the best. So I, I'm going with Syl because that's my gut. I think Britton Griner is a great choice. I think John Quill Jones is a good choice, although mm-hmm. 
I did. So I, I, I tried to, you know, talk to people um, around the league and other reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to, I talked to uh, someone uh, in a team and they told me that they actually attacked John Paul Jones on the defensive end when they placed Connecticut. Um, and that's not, that's not to say that John Paul Jones is a bad defender. That just means that's who they attack because it's, you don't really have a good option. You have a good option when you're attacking Connecticut and she is not, um, she's not quite as good in space as she is on the help side. So it kind of gives your offense a little bit more room to work when you're attacking her. So that, that kind of the like click for me, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe, Hey, like maybe it's best to uh, give it to Syl, who I, I think is less attackable. Uh, I did want to put Brittany Sykes, another, another person definitely deserves consideration here. But Brian yeah. January to me was the best perimeter defender this year. Yeah. I love watching yeah. her play. Cause it's yeah. like, so if anybody watches football, I'm gonna use a football analogy here. Like <laughs> when you have a cornerback, like a Deion Sanders or Darrell Revis when he was really good, or any of these great cornerbacks, you know, mm-hmm. they don't get a lot of interceptions. They don't get a lot of deflections because no one throws their way. And that to uh-huh. me is what Brian January does. You can't go her way. Because right. she's going to cut it off. If you're trying to get her on a double drag or whatever, she's going to hop right through and get over those screens or go under right. or figure out a yeah. way to just do the exact thing that you don't want her to do <laughs> as an offensive team. So it's just, I, I just think she really, really um, shuts you down on, mm-hmm. on her side of the floor in a way that Brittany Sykes doesn't. I think Brittany Sykes's um, anticipation, uh, yes. especially on the health side, is fantastic and has made that team what they are on defense. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, and I, I go, I lean centers here. I lean post because you make a bigger impact the closer you are to the basket because that's where the easier shots are. So if you can deny the easier shots, you're by definition a more impactful defender. But mm-hmm. January and Sykes for sure yes. were awesome. I, I think those two deserve mention here. Do you want to just do our all defense teams? Sure. Now? Okay. Sure. Let's do our, we can do that. Let's do our all defense teams. Let's do all, the all defensive teams. teams. So we're doing we're doing two teams of five. We are doing two teams of five, and we don't. We probably shouldn't do as much discussion on this because we're already. This I is know. already going to be a two parter, <laughs> people. If you're waiting for the playoff predictions, it's going to come next podcast. Don't worry about That's it. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going two for one this this week. Okay, so listen. Let, first we're team five. We're going yeah, five for, of them. Five first team. Okay, so for first team defense for me, Brittany Griner. Okay. And then we're going uh, Brittany Sykes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going John Quill Jones. Okay. And then we're going uh, Brian January. Mm-hmm. And then we're going Natasha Cloud. We agree. Well, we kind of agree. Other than Do we Fowles have and Griner. Five? I, I switched Fowles and Griner. Griner's on my oh. second team. That's fine. That's fine. Four? Four out of five? That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. And That's then pretty- definitely second team, we're going fouls, even though she could obviously be on the first team too. Yeah. Um, but I'm going fouls on that on that second team. And then, oh man, um, here you go. You finished the second okay. team and I'm thinking through my other four because I didn't okay. have that on my scratch sheet. Oh, you didn't, I, I, do we not do, I thought we did two. Do we not do two teams here? For defense, did we? I thought it was just one, but no, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah I just, we got, we got I two just had my... My five. Okay, go ahead. All right, cool. So uh, I got on my guards for second team, uh, Jasmine Thomas and Jackie Young. 
Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Even though Jackie, Jackie Young. So I put Brittany Sykes as a forward on my first team and Jackie Young as a guard on my second team. I'm not sure I'd be allowed to do that, but I don't care because positions are stupid. Um, so Jackie Young is my second team guard. Uh, I think she's been amazing for the aces and the impact metrics actually have her and some of the impact metrics have her as the most impactful defender in the league. I don't think that's right, but she's certainly been really good. Uh, Dewana Bonner. So that would be my fourth son player on this list. Dewana yeah. Bonner at my forward spot uh, and Brianna Stewart um, because she had such a huge impact for Seattle on the defensive end. Uh, they were much, much better with her on the court than without her. Um, and then Brittany Griner is my center. Um, I did consider Brianna Jones though for my center spot. Um, okay. but I just, I just felt that, you know, Griner and Fowles, um, for me were the, the two, the two best defenders at that spot, but Brianna Jones comes really, really close. So Thomas Young, Bonner, Stewart, Griner is my second team. Okay, so I have a lot, a lot to fill here. Uh, so for me, I have, um, I had fouls first on the mm-hmm. second team there, but um, I'm going to go with um, Erica Wheeler. Oh, okay. Too. Um, she was pretty tough yes, defensively. Um, Courtney Williams also, right. who is a, a whirling dervish. Um, even though her team didn't make the playoffs, but she was very, uh, sure. very tough on the defensive end. And Natasha Howard. All right. And I know she didn't play a ton of games, Gabe. I'm more putting Howard, on that for all defense. I'm putting I'm putting Howard in there um, because she she was so tough. Um, well, it's also with Howard as like New York defensively clicked into place when she got changed. Yes. So yes. I, I think that's actually, she didn't, she didn't meet my uh, subjective pl- uh, games requirement, but she definitely right. deserved it. She got consideration for me too. So um, I have one okay. more. Or is yes, that five? No, you have, no, you have uh, so you have Wheeler fouls. Um, Williams, Williams and Howard. So you got one more spot. I'm going with Brianna Turner. Let's right. talk about it. Let's talk about it. I mean, she's tough and she doesn't get talked about enough. I think she flies under the radar, you know, for Phoenix because they have all the gold medalists yeah. and all of these things going on in the sky and, and all. And Skylar Diggins Smith could be mentioned as well, um, you know, with the way she plays defense on the perimeter as well. But I think Brianna Turner, she's like my, my underdog defensive X factor for the X factor in Phoenix. Yeah. I, so she was on my list until I really thought about the positions. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Um, but I think Brian, I, she's going to win a defensive player of the year at some point. Um, yeah. It was just to me, like, I knew I was going to put Griner on here. And <laughs> Phoenix's defense hasn't been that good that I felt no. that they warranted um, two names. So uh, I guess I, I guess the Suns defense for me warranted four names. So they took up a lot of the space. But, um, you know, I, I just I was really high on her defense this year. Yeah. There's there's a lot of metrics out there that say that she was more important to the defense yeah. than Brittany and, Griner yeah. than Brittany Griner was. So um, I well, think she's, she's tied. A- Aren't they still tied? I'm sorry, Gabe. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. No, no. We'll- uh, isn't, isn't she tied when she tied um, in terms of blocks per game with Brittany Griner? I will look that up. Or was that um, early on? I think early on she was or maybe mid she, middle of the season. She, she was up there. Be. She. 
she Very gets close. so many she gets blocks in like the more disrespectful ways you know yes, like there's like there's the help side blocks and that's what john call does like it's help side she just flies out of nowhere and you don't know what happened but i like the ones where you're on somebody and they think they can <laughs> shoot over you and there's just this long arm comes from the, the ceiling um and you send she, it. so brianna turner ended up with 1.3 blocks griner is in the league in that uh, lead in that category with 1.9. So she fell okay. off a bit. Um, okay. man, Jessica Breland averaged 1.5 blocks per game this year. Uh-huh. Good for her. Damn. Yeah. Ahead, That's really impressive. That's um, tough. I guess I didn't uh, tuned out of the uh, fever fairly yeah. quickly this year. But so that's our that's our defensive teams. Um, let's keep chugging along here. Tell me who's we don't have to do ballots for these. I think we just have to okay. move on. Um, All right. Six woman, who's your pick? Oh, that's easy for me. Um, that's Kelsey Plum. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, and also, you know, she she's just uh I don't know, for her to she could also be comeback player of the year and and most she improved won. and all of it. But I think, you know, with her ability to come off the bench and be impactful the way that she has, especially in the second half of the season for Vegas, I think she has really been uh, fun to watch in that role for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, Plum Plum was my pick too. She won the AP award for that and comeback player of the year. Um, and yeah, I, I can't agree more. She's taken on more of a role. She's yeah. just exactly, I think uh, she fig- they figured out what she needed to be in that 2019 playoffs. And now this year, that's exactly what she's doing. Yes. Um, I'm really ex- I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for playoff plum because that's a different that's a different animal with this with this player in particular. Like she's playoff gonna come out, she she's gonna come out like firing. I'm I'm really excited to get a series. Um, other players I considered Marina Marina Mabry um, yep. from Dallas. Great year. She just kind of fell off a little bit at the end. Um, and I think she's a player who, if she stays on the bench, and I don't think she's likely to. Will end up winning this award because she is just a dynamo. So I love the way she plays. Actually, all three of the players I have here are good. Allie Quigley was the other one. Um, Quigley, same, yeah. All same sort of players, although Quigley, you know, most places she's a starter. All these players are like nominally, like or in earnest, like starters, like they finish most games. But um, for this award, I think all three of them brought the same sort of shooting, fast offense dynamic that all three of those teams desperately needed so uh big year yeah. for the sixth one shouts to derica hamby um if she hadn't won the last two she probably she'd probably be up there i just she's won so many we can we can give it to someone else i think plum deserved it plum needs that man that she earned that this year with all what she had gone through too with the injury yeah. and just a killer and then how about the t-shirt with uh marina and arike the marike yeah. Marike. Marike t-shirt. They're college teammates at, at Notre Dame and roommates. So they're they're pretty close friends, but now they're in the t-shirt business, which is cute. So I love that. It's, it is it is cute. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see what Dallas... I think... I mean, Marina, she's been one of the players... Actually, all three of these players unexpectedly get into a lot of um, scuffles. Scuffles is the word I would right. call it. They talk a lot. Uh, they do. And they get into people's faces and they let them know what, what they're doing on the court. So I really, that, that that's like a perfect bench play, all three of these players. Um, and I we'll see, that. we'll see if they're going to, I mean, they're really starters, but that's fine. All right. <laughs> moving on. Rookie of the year. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to name you my pick. 
Um, All right. Even though I, this is not who I would vote for because I think it would not be kosher. Uh, isn't it Sabrina Nescu? Sabrina no. Nescu. Sabrina, it's her rookie year. She played two games last year. She calls her a rookie year. The organization calls her her rookie year. No. And this year's rookie class, with all due respect, did not perform that well. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's no restrictions on who I can name rookie of the year. I can name Diana Taurasi rookie of the year if I want to. there's There's no restrictions on it. And Sabrina only played two games last year before uh or she played three games too she played three games last year before getting hurt she considers her a rookie year that's my pitch for sabrina and if i'm not allowed to vote for sabrina and i'll go with michaela onion wave okay you know what I, this is this is sabrina's <laughs> sophomore season period okay, okay. unfortunately okay, unfortunately for her she was injured last year and Unfortunately, there's not a red shirt year in the WNBA. Okay. And you mm-hmm. don't get, you're not a red shirt rookie in the league. Mm-hmm. You're in your second year. And I understand. I, and she's, she had a full year this year. We do this I in the NBA, it. though. We do this in the NBA. Well, Ben Simmons. Ben, ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. I, I remember. And I didn't like it then either, okay, to be okay. clear. <laughs> but no, I, you know, hey, man, you're a rookie one time. That's it. Sure, and you get sure. if you get hurt, I'm so sorry. And I hate injuries. You guys know I hate injuries, but that that doesn't that doesn't. If she didn't play at all last year, I would I would be on that page with you. But the fact that she played a couple of games, two and a half, whatever games, and then got hurt, and those those two games that she played, full games that she played, phenomenal. So okay. this is a last. But that wasn't free. enough for last year's Rookie of the Year award. Fair enough. So this is what the last thing I'll say. <laughs> if Michaela Onyemwede was not going to win Rookie of the Year, there would have been a big campaign for Sabrina to win Rookie of the Year this year. They just had the, the organization had another rookie that they wanted that I was good enough to win and should win. Um, but if it wasn't, we're talking about something different. Uh, my argument would have been, uh, I think, much more rational seeming. But regardless, uh, so Michaela yeah. Onyemwede is your pick? Yep, Michaela Onyemwede. And okay. um, yeah, we definitely have to go with her. I mean, Ari McDonald is right behind her for me and uh, Dijanae yeah. Carrington uh, as well. Those are my top three picks. And then Dana Evans. Charlie Collier really didn't get the minutes I thought she yeah. would have gotten this year. But I mean, if we're doing an all-rookie team, those are my five. Yeah, uh, my all-rookie team is the same. Yeah, McDonald, Evans. Onya Wede, Richards, uh, Collier. I put Charlie Collier on there just because she played and the other rookies didn't play. Um, mm-hmm. Probably would have picked Awa Kuyir, um just based on the second half of the season. She came um, on. Yes, she did. She mm-hmm. did. She didn't, she didn't get enough minutes. And, and I will say this again. Get Chelsea Dungy some more minutes. That's <laughs> she, neither here nor She got there. a couple more minutes the she last did. couple games. She got out she there. I saw her in the mix. She's I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for next year, whether it's in Dallas or somewhere else. Um, right. Most improved, uh, a weird award. I never know what to do yeah. with this award because <laughs> I don't really know what we're asking. Like, a brand, all right, so Brianna Jones is my pick. Yeah, I think that's she's like kind of unanimous Thanks. at this point. Yeah, that's think, my pick. Right, that's my pick. So, but do what? What are we seeing out of her that we haven't 
already seen, right? Like we've seen mm-hmm. all the things she can do. She's just getting more and more opportunities because she's earning those opportunities. So I just don't, what do you think we're voting for with the most improved? I, I think we're voting for players who are maximizing their, their minutes on the floor. And okay. I think last year it was uh, obviously um, Benajelani from New York who, who received that award, but it was also Maisha Hines Allen who was in the running for that. But again, that went to the opportunity that they had mm-hmm. in Bradenton, Florida in the bubble. So I think the same can be said for Brianna Jones in that same vein, without the services of John Quill Jones last year, she was able to maximize the yeah. minutes that she had on the floor. And that really propelled her into this year. Now, without the services of Alyssa Thomas on the floor, she was given an opportunity to maximize uh, more minutes on the court. And I just think she was she was tremendous. I mean, yeah. she was efficient, but also I think she you know, was more confident. She was more confident than she was last year. I think she was coming into that role last year and then she owned it this year. And I think, like you said, unanimously uh, most improved in the league this season. I I want to give her an award this year. So I'm happy this award exists because I think she deserves it for the way she played. I just don't know. I don't know how much she actually improved. I want to go back to something you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Isn't Tina Charles the most improved player? Isn't Tina Charles the one who changed her game the most, despite having the most history of she had the most the the best way to just say, hey, I'm going to do what I've done for the past, Mm -hmm. whatever, 15 years. And she came out and she did something almost completely different on both ends of the court and different Mm -hmm. than what she expected. Uh, I don't think she wants most improved, but I think she 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 deserved a little credit for it um, because I think she really, really changed her game. And I think that's what we're voting for. The most improved, most improved. And I, I, you know, that's why I said that we were talking about the MVP. I mean, she has been the most improved with her ability to stretch the floor out to three and, and really change her game in that mm-hmm. way. I mean, you don't see players do that. They're like, this is who I am. This is what I have been. I'm good at this, but she's like, I'm good at this, but I'm adding mm-hmm. this as well. And I'm going to sustain it. So yeah, big, big push for Tina Charles to be most approved. But like you said, I don't think she would she would want that. She wants yeah. to win, man. She wants the team to she have wants the MVP. Well, she wants if she wants an award, it's MVP and she MVP she's and a championship. Those are the yeah. two things she wants. <laughs> she she wants the, the chip first, and if she's gonna get an award, I think she wants MVP. But yeah, I just think it's like that's the type of player we should consider here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also considered Benajelani because she took another step forward after winning this award last year. Um, mm-hmm. She went from being kind of a fringe WNBA player to being a starter to now being a star. Um, yeah. But, and you know, I, I get why she didn't get as much. Jackie Young is another player I considered here. Um, Marina Mabry, another player I considered there. Um, no shortage of improvement across the league. I think a lot of players um, took a big step up. But, True. you know. Okay, give 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 Tina a vote. I don't know if anybody has a vote who's listening to this. Give Tina a vote. All right. Um, <laughs> motoring along, coach of the year. I I know your answer. I know your answer. Um, I know you do. <laughs> but go ahead. Tell me what your answer is. Kurt Miller. We don't need a drum roll. <laughs> we don't need a drum roll for that. Hey, hey, Kurt Miller, telling you. He has done it the right way this season with the team. And and wow, how many wins in a row? 13? Yeah, something like that. Come on, man. I think 14. No, they fin- they finished with 14. Ah, 14. With that last game. Yep. 14 yeah. in a row. 
you don't you don't do that by accident. That is that is intentional excellence <laughs> by Kurt Miller and Connecticut. And yeah, no question that that he's coach of the year this year. And you know the other thing is, well, I know. Chris, all right, so the the story here is Christy. Well, I I don't think I've ever heard you say anyone for coach of the year that did not win the conference, the league, whatever, did not finish with the best record. <laughs> um, but to me, there's another element here for Kurt Miller, right? Okay. I think he he came in and with his coaching added the most value this year. Um, I think he really put his team into a position to win. Not that they don't have great players. We just got mm-hmm. finished talking about a lot of those great players. But he's put them in the right positions to win. He's put the right expectations out of everyone. And he's really made them better. And that's what I look for in the coach of the year. Cause I think it is easy to say, Hey, that they, they won the most games. Like that means he did the best coaching job. And that's true this year. I just don't think it's necessarily always true, but for Kurt this year, what he did was incredible. I think he added the most value to his team as a coach. Uh, Sandy Brondello and Cheryl Reeve also got consideration for me. Um, but was it, was it, is it, is it as simple for you as like, they won the most games or, or did you have, do you think about those other elements as much? Um, I, I think about other elements. Um, I think about, you know, sustainability, right? I mean, that's a big run 14 mm-hmm. in a row. How do you not give the coach who is the coach of the number one team coach of the year? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's me being old school or, me um, understanding that personally and how that works, <laughs> or does it? Or, or does it? Work? Is it you being a little salty about? I'm, you know, I'm it's not, not necessarily unfair. salty. No, it's I just you know I'm not necessarily salty per se, but if you've done the work, yes, then then the work speaks for itself, and it doesn't right. matter who's coaching, but the work is presented in that way, yes. then the work should be recognized in that way, regardless. Cause I could keel over right now. Like for me, mm-hmm. it's not about me, but it's about the work that the team and the kids do, yep. you know, or the women, the young women in the league do. But for me on the high school level, it's the work that the kids do. And, and that's to me what it's all about. But I mean, if you're the number one team in the league year after year, after year, after year, after year, then after a year, um, then, you know, then, then that work should be rewarded to me. And, 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 you know, there could be, you know, a, a case for teams that last year didn't do well. And then all of a sudden now, wow, look what this coach did this year. I mean, the year that the Mystics won in 2019, right? Um, Chicago got coach of the mm-hmm. year that year because they made a big jump. So it's like most improved coach. There should yeah. be a most improved coach and then there should be coach of the year. This mm-hmm. like there should be a perimeter defensive player of the year and a post player of the year. Defensive that, that's player the takeaway. Christy, Christy wants more year. awards. Wants <laughs> more, more awards, award. man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm with it. I like talking about any of this. So this is fun for me. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it is interesting though. Just like thinking about Kurt Miller's time in Connecticut. So he, what he won coach of the year in yeah. 2017. Um, and I think that year was more about him dealing with injuries and all that. And then yeah. this year, I think coming in, we really thought it was going to be about dealing with injuries, um, and especially Alyssa Thomas, who was somehow back. Um, How is that possible? It's crazy. But she, but it's like he, he's coming in and now he's really just settled in and created 
um, we talk about culture all the time and it's like Connecticut mm-hmm. must have a really great culture because all those people are sticking around. Are. All those players are playing really hard for each other and they're always good in the right, in the exact ways they want to be good. So it's yep. like, it's kind of hard to deny that he has been um, one of the best coaches in the league and certainly mm-hmm. to me, a coach of the year this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to do executive of the year? Oh man, executive of the year. You can do that. What do you have? And then I'll, I'll, I'll join your conversation on that. How about so that? I haven't, I haven't really picked here. Um, oh, I think there's okay. three candidates because okay. it just like, it, this is a tough award. Cause um, we, I was just talking about culture with the coach. Yeah. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the executive's job is to build that culture in ways that we're not, we don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't see it as much in, unless the coach is the GM, like it, like it is in Washington, like Most in Washington, Mike Tebow creates the culture with the players and he picks the players to fit into mm-hmm. that culture. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's much easier. It's a one-to-one thing. Right. Um, but I would say my, my three choices here are Cheryl Reeve of the Minnesota Lynx, Dan Padover of the Las Vegas Aces and Jonathan Cobb of the New York Liberty. Um, okay. Reeve, we talked about all their moves they made in the offseason, their third seed mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Like they worked out. So I think she made great moves. She brought in people who work well with their culture and they're set up for success, not only this year and in the future. She'd probably be my pick. Dan Padover saw his team that made it to the finals said, I don't think we have enough. I think we have to change some things. Brought in Raquan Williams, mm-hmm. you know, gave Jackie Young some more um, maneuverability in, in mm-hmm. the lineup. Um, bring, uh, gave Dierica Hamby an extension. This team is set up again, success now, success in the future. And he's brought that all together. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that this year. And Jonathan Cobb, Okay, so like, yes, I understand that the Liberty were not that good this year. They are in the playoffs, but I understand that mm-hmm. for a lot of people they didn't play that well, and they only won two games after the Olympic break. However, they only won two games all year last year, and they won 12 this year. And it was a lot because, you know, he went out and signed Sammy Whitcomb, who hit as a free agent, a free agent signing, uh, Benaja Laney, who hit, Natasha Howard, who was injured, but eventually hit as a free agent signing. And a mm-hmm. lot of those rookies that he picked, including the rookie of the year, are also doing well. So I think he right. deserves credit. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. You could pick any of those three. I won't be mad at you. I'm guessing Reeve will get it because they're higher up in the rankings. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think those execs did a really good job. So those are the people I got. Um, any yeah. other, any other team you thought made uh, good moves to fit now and later? I mean, I hope I don't sound like a homer here, but I mean, Mike Tebow, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if all of the players, listen, he yes. had Alicia Clark made the deal for Alicia Clark. And then she goes out with a foot injury. Can't play all year. <laughs> Emma Mieseman was supposed to be coming back after the Olympics. She decided not to Elena Deladon only played two and a half games, but boy, I tell you what, how about all three of those players on the floor with Tina Charles, Cloud, Mitchell, uh, Heinz Allen. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and I, it's almost like what you were saying about Sabrina, right? You can't have like it, the injuries happen and it's unfortunate, but had they not happened, <laughs> I I'm giving it to Mike Tebow because uh, of what was, you know, of the puzzle pieces that he had in the box and, you know, you take them all out, you dump them on the floor and you're missing like Lisaman's yeah. piece, Deladon's piece. So the picture doesn't quite look right. 
and, and not like it should have, not like when you picked it up at the store, this is what the puzzle is going to look like. And you take the pieces out and you're missing key pieces. So you don't have the picture you want. But boy, if you have those pieces, goodness gracious, it's a different story for the mystic. So I think, I mean, he tried it, but the injuries and, and some think, decisions kept him from it. Yeah. I think Mike Tebow deserves a sympathy vote here because what he had to put up with this year, what he had to put up with this year was um, was yeah. really tough. And there, there's some days, that, you know, we'd come into a press conference or whatever, and you just see him and you're just like, you want to give him a hug because yeah, you can man. tell how much the season took out of him. So uh, I did not put uh, Mike Tebow there, but hey, maybe next year, right? If it works out yeah. next year and everyone's healthy next year, then I think this year's move should count for that. Um, there you go. That's what I'm saying. I ain't in charge uh, of... <laughs> Of that, um, and I think it's. Uh, I think we have a good list here. Um, we should recap. We should recap quick. Okay, this is yeah. Going. Go ahead. Uh, do that. So we got MVP. We both picked Don Quill Jones, um, Defensive Player of the Year. You picked Brittany Griner. I picked Sylvia Fowles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at uh, six woman, we both picked Kelsey Plum, Rookie yep. of the Year. We both picked uh, Michaela Onyemwede, Most Improved. We both picked Brianna Jones. So the only place yep. we disagreed was Defensive Player of the Year with Griner. And fouls. Uh, coach of the year, that, yeah. we both picked Kurt Miller. Um, mm-hmm. Exec of the year, I picked Cheryl. Actually, uh, I want to be different. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Jonathan Cobb, New York Liberty. He gets my vote. Did you? Did you have a vote? Do you? Um, you, didn't, you didn't pick. I'm, I'm gonna go with New York. Also, I, I think sure. you made a good case for them. I think you yeah. made a really good case for them uh, when you were breaking it down. So yeah, you tilted the scales. Uh, I made that case to myself because on my list I had Cheryl Reeve <laughs> as the winner. Um, okay. So, uh, all WNBA first team, that was weird. I'm not recapping that. You can just go back and listen to it because we have a lot of different things. <laughs> we um, did. We'll, all, and then, uh, all defense, all rookie, same thing. You guys can go back and listen to that. Um, I think we want to do a playoff prediction show soon. So we yes. will let you know if that's coming yes. out. Uh, other than that, <laughs> Uh, I think I'm out for this show. That's all I got. So, Christy, <laughs> do you have anything else for our for the people sitting courtside with us? No, you know what, Gabe? Are we all sitting at courtside? Like, are so? Are we sitting like actually courtside? Like, are we all on the floor? Like, so yeah, it's kind of hard to talk to everyone. Or are we like do we have two rows? Because I know the second row is sometimes is considered courtside on some places. So, is that yeah. do we have two rows? Or are we all on one row in the first? I think we'll take two rows because I have long legs, so I need to stretch out. So if I stretched out, I would clip up the officials. So let's take both rows. But they cut the lights off on us <laughs> here. We don't have to go home, but we got to get up out of here. But, oh, my goodness, so many great things to discuss moving forward. So join us as we preview the playoffs in our next episode. But this one was so much fun, slicing and dicing all of the postseason awards for you but oh my goodness thank you guys for joining us right here on courtside with christy and gabe on the her hoop stats podcast network get some more popcorn get some more cranberry juice with no ice in the lime for our next episode stay right there for more of courtside with christy and gabe oh